0: Hello Trinity family. This is Nick Price. I'm a site pastor from Trinity Kimberly Way and it is my pleasure to lead us into a brand new sermon series. But before we dive into God's Word and talk a little bit about this series together, I think it's only right that we take a moment now to pray. So I want to invite you to just bow your heads and pray with me. Lord God, in these uncertain times, uh, we desperately need your peace and your presence. And so we ask, Lord, as we come before your word, that you would open our hearts and our minds to receive the message you have for us. And Lord, I pray that the words of my lips and the meditation of my heart would be pleasing in your sight. O God, who is indeed our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Well, as I said, we're kicking off a brand new sermon series this weekend. And the sermon series is entitled Peace. And the reason why we're talking about this idea of peace is because in the Bible, this word peace has such rich meaning and depth. It actually is the word shalom. And it's different from the way we typically talk about peace because when we talk about peace, we usually talk about what's not there. It's like the absence of conflict, the absence of fighting. But when they talk about peace, when they talk about shalom in the Bible, what they're talking about is they're talking about fullness. They're talking about completeness. They're talking about this complex world being made in the way that God always intended it to be. And so as we talk about peace, we want to be talking about how is it that God is bringing that peace into the complex places of our lives, specifically when it comes to the topic of emotional and mental health. And so over the course of this series, we're going to be talking about the various things in our emotional lives, in our inner worlds that get in the way of experiencing that kind of peace from God. We're going to be talking about things like shame and depression and burnout. And, and we want to make very, very clear as we're going through this series that uh, we don't want this to become some sort of sanctified version of counseling. All right, we recognize that when we talk about emotional and mental wellness, we're talking about very complex issues. And like any of the other problems that we face, sometimes we need to bring those things before professionals who can help us. Usually when we encounter really difficult problems, we we often seek out help from those who are trained to actually address the issues that we're wrestling with. So when we have financial difficulties, we hire financial advisors. Or if we break a bone, we don't just like pray until the bone is healed. We actually go to a doctor so that they can set the bone and, and put a cast on it. And likewise, there are times when we're experiencing such emotional distress that we need to go to counseling. We need the assistance of those who are trained to help us and and to really make a difference when it comes to our emotional lives. And so even as we go through this series and we're talking about emotional and mental wellness, we want to keep in mind that there are resources out there available for you to use. In fact, if you go to our website, you just go to tlcforyou.org forward slash peace, you can see a whole bunch of different resources that are there to aid you when it comes to this particular topic. In fact, on our video stream, one of the tabs up top is entitled Resources, and if you click on that tab, it's going to take you to this page. So as we move through these difficult topics, if you're sensing that you really would love the help of someone else who can come alongside you and help you really processing what's going on, we really encourage you to take advantage of those resources, to reach out to those people, and to get the help that you need. But at the same time, We also believe that God's word has a lot of wisdom. And it has wisdom for all of life. And that includes those moments when we find ourselves in in mental and emotional turmoil. And so as we move through this series, that's really what we're going to be doing. We're going to be looking at what does God's word have to say about these particular challenges, these things that get in the way of us experiencing that kind of peace and wholeness when it comes to our inner life. And so, uh, today, I'm kicking it off as we talk about anxiety. Now, anxiety is one of those things that I think a lot of us right now are, have, have started to really wrestle with. In fact, I, I read a, an article from the New York Times just two days ago that was talking about counselors in New York City. And how they've been feeling so overwhelmed by the various people who are reaching out to them for, for help with anxiety. That they actually created a peer-to-peer counseling group that had 249 slots. And in the first day, over a thousand counselors applied to be in that group. And it just goes to show that, that even counselors are wrestling with anxiety, and I want to I clarify what we mean by anxiety. If you were to look up anxiety in many medical journals or dictionaries, you'll find that, there, that the definition goes a little something like this. That anxiety is a fear or a sense of apprehension about some future event, especially where the outcome is uncertain. It's a, it's a type of fear that kind of encompasses all the possibilities of what might be and of what might come. And that's a little different from other kinds of fear. In fact, I would say that there there is a healthy sort of fear. A type of fear that we experience when we are in immediate danger. Uh, It makes me kind of think of, you know, this guy, right? Uh, That sometimes, some days it's hard to find motivation and some days motivation finds you. That's the kind of healthy fear that we're talking about. Those moments when our lives are in danger and we get that adrenaline boost that we need to get us out of harm's way. That's healthy. That's good. That's hardwired into us. And I would say that's even a gift from God because what that affirms is that our lives are valuable. They're worth protecting. And, and this is a healthy kind of fear, but when we're talking about anxiety, what we're talking about is when, when fear becomes all-encompassing. When we start to become afraid of things that haven't actually happened to us. When we start to become afraid of possibilities and suddenly we become paralyzed. Unable to even go out our front door in the morning. Unable to enter into social spaces because of the fear, the anxiety around what might happen. And this type of anxiety is one that can truly be paralyzing because not only is it difficult for us to then go about our daily lives, but we have a hard time even articulating it. And it can make us feel alone. It can make us feel isolated. It makes us feel almost ashamed to to name it and, and to bring it forward and to ask people for help. Furthermore, this kind of fear is dangerous because anxiety actually can, can exact a, an incredible toll on our physical health. It leads to things like high blood pressure and heart disease, sleepless nights. And so we really want to look at what does God's word have to say about anxiety? Where is there wisdom to actually meet us in the midst of this kind of all-encompassing fear? Because one of the things that I find so amazing is every time this kind of fear comes up in the Bible, scripture always points us back to this single truth. And that is that in the midst of our fears, God is there. In the midst of our anxiety, God is present. He is present with us. He's present with us to hold us. He's present with us to walk with us. He's present with us to guide us through those seasons and times of fear and to give us courage and hope and peace. But sometimes we forget that. We forget that God is present. We forget that he's with us. And so in our passage for today, what we see is that there are actually three gifts that God gives us to help us focus back on the truth that he is present. And we find those in our passage that was read just a few moments ago from Philippians chapter 4. So if you've got your Bibles, why don't you go ahead and open up to Philippians 4 with me. And we're going to start by looking at verse 4. Because it's in verse 4 that we find the first of these gifts that's given to us in those moments of anxiety. Here's what the Apostle Paul writes. He says, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say, rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say, rejoice. See, the first gift that God gives to us when it comes to addressing our fears and our anxieties is he actually gives us the gift of praise, the gift of worship, the gift of song. Now, that might seem really strange to us in our modern context today. It's just like song. What what is song going to do to help me deal with things like anxiety and, and fear? But one of the things I find so interesting in the Bible is how, if you look at the book of Psalms, so many of those songs were written in times of fear and anxiety. I mean, think about Psalm 3 for just a second. Psalm 3 was written by King David when his own son had, had started a political coup against him. And he had been chased out of the capital city of Jerusalem. He lost the throne. He lost his crown. And this is what King David writes. He says, O Lord, how many are my foes? How many are rising against me? Many are saying of my soul, there is no salvation for him in God. But you, O Lord, are a shield about me, my glory and the lifter of my head. See, in this psalm, we encounter both the healthy and the unhealthy kinds of fear. The healthy fear is that fear when David sees his enemies, gets him moving and gets him out of Jerusalem. But then this unhealthy anxiety starts to creep in as he wonders, so wait a second, does this mean that God doesn't love me? Does this mean that God isn't with me? And so what does he do? He breaks into song. He sings about how his God is a shield about him, how he's his glory and the lifter of his head. See, song has a beautiful way of reminding us that God is present with us. Several years ago when I was working in campus ministry, I was working at the University of Illinois at Chicago. And we had a multi-ethnic student ministry there, and uh, one of the things that I decided to do is to join the UIC Gospel Choir. One of my students was a part of the choir, and and that student invited me to join so that we could build some bridges and start doing some ministry together. And so I joined Gospel Choir, and I started to learn uh, how to sing uh, in that choir. And I remember one afternoon before rehearsal, sitting down with the director of our choir. And I was talking to him about uh, gospel music as a style of music. And one of the questions I had is I said, you know, I noticed that in gospel music, we will often sing the same refrain over and over and over and over again. And I was just wondering, why is that? Why is that such a hallmark of, of gospel music? And he sat back and he kind of thought about it for a moment. And then he said, well, you see, the reason we sing these things over and over and over again is because we need God's truth to go down deep. There are times in our lives where it's really difficult to hear the good news. And so what we need to do is we need to sing that good news down into our souls. Every time we repeat a refrain, it just removes a layer and it goes a little bit deeper. And you see, that's the beauty of praise, Praise is about singing the good news of our God down into our anxious souls. I mean, mean, think about that for a moment. If in those moments when we're feeling anxious and we're feeling afraid, rather than looking out at, at the threats that might be coming and obsessing over the dangers that might be there, what if in those moments suddenly we began to sing about the goodness of our God? If in those moments of fear, We looked up and we said, you are here, moving in our midst. We worship you. We worship you. You are here, working in this place. We worship you. We worship you. For you are waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness. My God, that is who you are. That is who you are. Because that's who he is. When we sing, it's an opportunity to remind ourselves of who our God is. The fact that he is a way maker, a miracle worker, a promise keeper, our light in the darkness. And whether you're singing praise songs or you're singing old hymns or you're just like a child, you're simply singing, Jesus loves me, this I know. Those words remind us of the goodness of our God and the fact that he never abandons us. He is never far from us. There's a second gift that Paul points to in this passage. We find that in Philippians chapter 4, verse 6. Listen to what he says. He says, don't be anxious about anything. But in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. See, the second gift that he gives us to remind us of his presence is he gives us the gift of prayer. This reality that we can come to him in any circumstance and pour out our hearts and he is ready to listen. Listen. But more than that, he's ready to respond. There's this incredible story in uh, the Gospel of Mark, Mark chapter 4, in which Jesus and his disciples are out in a fishing boat on the Sea of Galilee, and suddenly this incredible storm just comes upon them, and these experienced fishermen are suddenly in very real danger of actually being overwhelmed, not just by fear, but by real danger. And in the, that moment, they, they end up running to the back of the boat and they find Jesus who surprisingly is asleep in the midst of the storm. And they wake him up and they say, don't you care? We're, we're being overwhelmed. Don't you care? We're, we're about to die. And in that moment, Jesus goes to the front of the boat and he looks out at the waves. And what does he say? He says, peace, be still. Jesus speaks shalom and the waves are silent. And the wind ceases. You see, oftentimes we read that story and we kind of get on the disciples case. And we're just like, man, you know, those guys, they just didn't have faith. I mean, Jesus was there. He was going to take care of it. Why were they so worried? But the reality is, they did the right thing. In a moment when they were overwhelmed, they came to their Lord and they asked for his help. And he stood up and he spoke peace. And he stilled the storm. And in that moment when he turns to them and he says, you of little faith, why do you doubt? I don't think he said that as a rebuke. I think he said that as a gentle reminder, like, hey, little ones, know that I am with you and it's going to be okay. See, that's the beauty of prayer. Prayer points us to the one who speaks peace into the storms of our lives, That's what Jesus does when we come and we pour out our hearts before him. I mean, listen to what Paul says in verse 7. He says that when you bring those prayers and those supplications to your God, the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. See, the beautiful thing about our God is that he's always listening because he's always there And he invites us to come and pour out our fears, pour out our anxieties, lay them at his feet and allow him to replace those fears with peace. Final gift that Paul points us to that helps us to remember God's presence in the midst of uncertain times and and anxious seasons is found in verses 8 and 9. Listen to what Paul says here. He says, Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there's anything worthy of praise, think about these things. See, the final gifts that God gives us to remind us of his presence is the gift of Perspective. He invites us to set our minds on the things of his kingdom. On the ways of living life in, in, in a way that's reflective of his purposes for us. You see, I think sometimes when, in moments when we're anxious, it's, we're anxious about things that we have no control over and things that we're not even sure are going to happen. I mean, that's the reason why I think so many of us struggle with anxiety in this particular season is because we don't know what's going to come tomorrow. We feel like the news is changing day by day. And, and when we're looking there, when we're looking to an uncertain future, and when we're racking up all these different scenarios in our heads, we're just paralyzed by fear. But what God says is, he says, hey, let me worry about tomorrow. And you worry about today. Focus your perspective on the things that you can control. Focus your eyes on the things that I've called you to do right here and right now. He says, whatever is honorable and true and just and pure and lovely and commendable, if there's anything excellent, anything worthy of praise, think about that. Because I think that when we do, not only does it help us focus back on the truth that God is present, but it suddenly occupies our mind with what God's will is for us right now as we live and seek to serve our neighbors. It draws us out of ourselves toward the things that are good and honorable and just and excellent. See, that's the incredible beauty of perspective is it helps us to see what, what truly is needful in the moment and to realize that we're stepping into it with God by our side. Perspective points us to the presence of God in the midst of our everyday circumstances. Perspective allows us to set our eyes on what is true, that God is there present with us. You see, these three things of praise... And prayer and perspective all point us back to the truth that God is present in all times, in all seasons, even in the midst of our anxiety and in the midst of our fear. And what's so beautiful about that is that when we look at God, we realize that there is nothing that can ever separate us from his love. I mean, if you're having a hard time believing that today, you need only look to Jesus Because in Jesus, we see the lengths that God is willing to go for us. That he wasn't willing just to stay on his throne in heaven, but when he saw our world in darkness and in brokenness, he entered in and became one of us. He entered into our world to walk with us, to teach us, to heal us, to speak peace to us, and ultimately to die for us. That's how much he loves us. He's willing to go through death and the grave with us. And his promise is that one day he's going to make all things new. That we will rise again in glory with him in a world where there is nothing to be afraid of anymore. Jesus is the one who is present with us in life's uncertain circumstances. He's the one who walks with us in the midst of our anxieties and our fears. The one who indeed speaks peace into the storms of our lives and reminds us of his love. And of his presence. That's what it means to know the peace that surpasses all understanding. And it's with that in mind, I want to close in a word of prayer. Would you pray with me? Lord God, we give you thanks that in Jesus, we, do, we truly have the peace that passes all understanding. Because we know that in Christ, there's nothing that can separate us from your love. Neither height, nor depth, nor angels, nor demons nor rulers, nor authorities, nor things that have happened, nor things to come can possibly separate us from your love, which is given to us through him. And so in the midst of our anxieties and fears, Lord, we pray that you would speak peace, that you would calm our fears, that you would put to rest our anxiety, and that you would help us to set our eyes on you, knowing that you will never leave us or forsake us. It's in your name, the Prince of Peace, Jesus Christ, that we pray. Amen.